Hi and welcome to Recap Revision. This episode is going to be about space physics. The Sun is a star which is at the centre of the solar system. The solar system can be described as the system where objects are influenced by the Sun's gravitational pull. It can contain sun, planets, moons, dwarf planets, etc. The sun releases energy by the process of nuclear fusion. The Earth is one of the eight planets that are in stable orbits around the sun. There are also five dwarf planets that orbit the sun. Some of the planets also have natural satellites or moons in orbit around them. Our moon is a natural satellite of the Earth. Our solar system is a very small part of the Milky Way galaxy. This galaxy contains about 200,000 million stars. Many of these stars are thought to have their own system of planets. The universe contains many billions of galaxies. Our sun, together with the planets and moons, was formed about 4.6 billion years ago. A star like our sun is formed from a large cold cloud of dust and gas, which is called a nebula. The pull of gravity acts on the cloud and causes it to collapse. As the cloud collapses, the atoms and molecules move very quickly. When molecules collide with each other, their kinetic energy is transferred to the thermal store of the gas, and so the gas reaches a temperature of several million degrees Celsius. The collapsing and heating ball of gas is called a protostar, and when the temperature is high enough, hydrogen nuclei, or protons as they're also known, are able to collide and fusion begins. A star has been born at this point. The fusion reactions inside stars lead to an equilibrium. The pull of gravity tends to collapse the star, but is balanced out by the outward pressure due to the nuclear fusion. A star the size of the Sun will remain in a stable state for billions of years. A stable star, producing energy by fusing hydrogen nuclei, is called a main-sequence star. The way a star ends its life depends on its size. Firstly, stars are about the same size as the Sun. Towards the end of a star's life, the supply of hydrogen begins to run out. Without the pressure of fusion, the star starts to collapse. The further collapse of the star makes the core of the star even hotter now, up to 100 million degrees Celsius. Now helium can fuse to form heavier elements such as carbon and oxygen. The hot core causes the outer surface of the star to swell into a red giant. A red giant is a very large star which fuses helium into heavier elements. It can have a radius 100 times of the sun and can be a thousand times brighter than it. Eventually, fusion reactions can no longer happen and now the star collapses to form a white dwarf. A white dwarf is a star at the end of its life. No fusion occurs, and it is cooling down, and it's not much larger than the Earth. The star's life is over, and it cools down and eventually becomes a cold black dwarf. However, stars much larger than the Sun die a different way. When a very large star reaches the end of its main sequence stage, it collapses in the same way as a smaller star, but then expands to form a red supergiant. A red supergiant is a large red giant, which has a very hot core, that can produce elements as heavy as iron by fusion. It can have a radius a thousand times larger than the sun, and can be a hundred thousand times brighter. The red supergiant is able to fuse nuclei to form elements as massive as iron. 
When the red supergiant runs out of its nuclear fuel, however, it collapses very quickly. The rapid collapse creates such high temperatures that the star explodes like a cosmic nuclear bomb. This is a supernova. A supernova is a gigantic explosion caused by runaway fusion reactions. The energy is so great that elements with an atomic number higher than iron are formed. Our solar system was formed out of the remnants of a supernova, which is why we have heavy elements like gold and uranium. At the same time as the supernova explosion, great gravitational forces collapse the centre of the star. Either the core is left as a neutron star, which is a very small dense star made out of neutrons, only with a diameter of a few kilometres, or the core becomes a black hole. A black hole is the most concentrated form of matter from which not even light can escape, as it is so dense. and planets move in nearly circular orbits. Gravity causes planets to orbit the Sun, and gravity causes the Moon and artificial satellites to orbit the Earth. For example, take the Moon in orbits of the Earth. At one point, it will be in a position and have a speed. The pull of gravity deflects its motion. Later, the Moon may have moved to a different position, but it still has the same speed. The force of gravity does not make the Moon travel any faster but the force does change the direction. The speed of the moon remains constant, but because the direction of motion changes, there is a change of velocity. As you can remember, velocity is a vector quantity. Because there is a velocity change, the moon is accelerating all the time. But this acceleration does not speed the moon up, it causes the change of direction. The gravitational force causes the acceleration. This can be shown by using the acceleration equation. Acceleration equals change of velocity over time. Velocity is a speed in the given direction, so when the moon changes direction, it accelerates because its velocity changes. Speed of orbit is very important, especially for a satellite travelling around the Earth, for example. If the speed is too great, the satellite would disappear into outer space. If the speed is too slow, it would fall back down to Earth. But if it moves at the right speed, it follows a stable orbit. The speed of the moon, planet or satellite can be calculated if the distance moved in one orbit is known, using the equation speed equals distance moved in one orbit divided by time. Remember, do not say the velocity of a planet is constant in its orbit. The speed is constant, but the velocity changes because the direction of motion changes. Take the example of a police car, and we know from experience that the sound we hear from the siren of it changes pitch as the car passes us. When the car moves away from us, we hear a lower frequency, and the wavelength of the waves increases. We can apply this to a light source. When a light source is moving away from us very quickly, the wavelength of the light also increases. It moves towards the red end of the spectrum. This is called a redshift. The light that we see from distant galaxies is redshifted, and this tells us that these galaxies are moving away from us. You can use the example of the spectrum itself. You can have an image showing light emitted from a distant galaxy having the same pattern of lines, but the pattern of lines has been shifted towards the red end of the spectrum. 
this redshift tells us the galaxy is moving away from us. Edwin Hubble was the first astronomer to look at the redshift. He discovered that light from distant galaxies is redshifted, so they are moving away from us. Galaxies in all directions are moving away from us, and the further a galaxy is away from us, the greater its redshift. So the more distant the galaxy, the greater its speed. This idea led to the Big Bang Theory. The universe began as a very small region or point that was extremely hot and dense. This region then exploded, throwing matter outwards. The matter that moved the fastest has travelled the furthest away from the original explosion. The Big Bang Theory is accepted today as the best theory for the origin of the universe. However, not everything is understood about the universe. For example, recent observations of supernova explosions suggest that distant galaxies are receding faster than expected. It appears that the expansion of the universe might be accelerating. We would expect the expansion to slow down due to the pull of gravity, but these observations have led to theories about dark energy that might be pushing the universe outwards. Thank you for listening to this recap revision podcast on space physics.